guess we're rolling. Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? That's it's going just fine, sir. Just fine. Nice. Uh, considering all things. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't have any. Uh, I don't have any fun anecdotes today. I, I didn't. Uh, yeah, I don't think I do either, man. And life, yeah. life has been quiet. All right. Well, then let's grease the wheels with a with a Reddit post then, because I like let's to do it. I, you know how I like to warm up before we uh yeah, before let's we up. get into the the nitty gritty. So sure. I searched this Hoopercast. Everybody, by the way, welcome to episode one sixty one. I actually remembered that before I got on the mic tonight. Just hey. I thought I'd do everyone a favor and uh, recall that. Um, there you go. And uh, if this is your first episode, we are a film and TV uh, appreciation. Like we'd like to say, film and TV appreciation show. Um, but we talk about uh, lots of other big ideas on the show. And uh, tonight is one such example. We don't have any reviews tonight, yeah. but we're going to talk about ideas and concepts that relate to uh, the film and television industry and art in general. Mm-hmm. Storytelling. We're into storytelling. I guess I would. Yeah. I would say. Yeah, that works. Um, all right, so let me see. Here's uh, something. Ooh, I don't want to start with anything too heady. So let's say this, just as a get-to-know-you sort of thing, um, in case this is somebody's first episode. Here's this subreddit. What classic movie do you not like? We may, mm. have, we may have touched on this before, so it's a little bit of a softball, but I don't think we've answered this direct question before. Um, no. This person wrote... Uh, they're watching every, every movie on the, uh, AFI top 100 <laughs> American, okay. Okay. um, which that's a chore. Um, it is. but he said, um, I found a lot of these movies really disappointing. And in some cases I couldn't understand why they were so well received. Mm. Um, uh, Ben-Hur, High Noon, Duck Soup, and The Searchers. I don't understand the hype around them. I also hated Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf. Dustin, does that Searchers comment offend you? <laughs> yes, I love The Searchers. <laughs> and and I love Ben-Hur. And what was the other? Duck Soup? I haven't seen. Duck what was soup? the other one? I, um, who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf? I and haven't seen that one either. I have it. But High Noon is one. Oh, High Noon's great, man. <laughs> this guy's... Uh, I don't like Raging Bull. Yeah, I'm not into Raging Bull either. I know everyone loves that movie, but I watched it and was just like, eh. Uh, I don't know. It's it's too. It. Um, I think that's that's one of those things that was like it's so early in Scorsese's career that it was like it came. It's it's less polished, you know. He he kind of he kind of hit this middle stride. Like right, mm-hmm. like I don't. I can't remember the last Scorsese movie that I thought was like great. Sure. Um, Probably that I mean I'm just trying to look up the, the line here. The great. Departed um, I, I really liked. I like Shutter I, Island. I love Shutter Island. Yeah, I think Shutter Island's great, but I mean like I think The Departed's better. Like as yeah, a totally. as a Scorsese movie. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I, it's weird because like Raging Bull gets all sorts of acclaim, and so does Taxi Driver, and I was never a huge fan of either of them. Um, yeah. They're, they're both fine. They're both competent and they're both, uh, like they have merit and I can totally see why people love them. Yeah. Um, I just found myself less than invested. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not as, I'm not, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on taxi driver. I'm not, eh. Um, let me see. This person said, um, yeah, Blade Runner and Apocalypse Now were not great for me. I'm with mm-hmm. you on Blade Runner. That's another one with merit and that I really love that it exists. It's just yeah. not a movie that I 
would say it's a great watch, but that's not Blade Runner's fault. That's my fault for being born after Blade Runner came out and then seeing things that, that derived their aesthetic from Blade Runner. It's it's the John Carter effect. By the time I saw Blade Runner, I wasn't that impressed, but that's because everything I loved was built on the shoulders of Blade Runner. Of Blade Runner. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I really like Blade Runner, uh, but it's something that I appreciate more than I enjoy. Yeah, it, it definitely, I appreciate it, but I don't, I don't enjoy watching it. Sure. Um, Apocalypse Now I've never seen. I actually haven't either. Uh, yeah. It's one that I've always intended on seeing, but I, I just never have gotten around to it. Yeah, it's a blind spot for me. Yeah, um, uh, I'm looking at the the AFI 100 ooh. right now. Um, you know, everything else. I mean, it's it's a solid list. Um, you know, this is sort of like if you were if you were looking at getting into classic film, like, okay, mm-hmm. uh, I, I like movies. I want to love movies. This is a great place to start. Yeah. Um, but, but this isn't all there is. And some of it I feel like is kind of on the list just because mm-hmm. like it, it, it was important in some way, right? Like, like Fantasia. I love Fantasia. It's on this list, but there are a lot of other Disney movies that I would put well above Fantasia. Um, so it, it's just weird. It's like on it because it's artistic and, you know, it is important. Um, but as far as being an enjoyable, like rewatchable thing, I mean, I don't find myself going to Fantasia. Uh, someone put Citizen Kane. This hmm. is something they didn't like, which I, I, I love Citizen Kane. I, love I mean, Citizen like, and, and I'm, that's purely from memory, which means I'd probably love it more if I watched it today. Sure. Um, it, it seems so, so like obvious to say, I love Citizen Kane. Right. But, but, but it's a good movie. It's an that's actual why. good movie. It's because they actually did something with shot design and, yeah, exactly. you know, in that film. And that's, it's so different from what was everything else that was being done, which was fairly yeah. standard. Chariots of Fire, somebody wrote, um, I like Jared's of Fire. Oh, see here. To me, the obvious answer is the African Queen. I found it supremely uninteresting. You're an idiot, Dom Palamo, because <laughs> I love the African Queen. I, I, African Queen is one of those movies. I, I had to watch it twice. I didn't hate it uh, the first time. I liked it the first time, but I think I was still expecting like tough guy Humphrey Bogart. Yeah, and and he gives a more intimate performance. Yes, he in does. The African Queen, which is great. Yeah, and and a great change of pace for him. And so on my second watch, I really appreciated it more because I guess I, I knew what to expect. Someone um, wrote, yeah. I did get a kick of how of how miserable Catherine Hepburn looked, and Bogart has a certain <laughs> charm, but the ending is so completely tacked on and is basically the definition of a Hollywood ending. Well, it's a film made in 1955 yeah. or whatever. Like, what kind of ending yeah. were you expecting? Right. Come on now. Sure. Uh, and, and as I say that, someone wrote, this subreddit is stupid. The thread is asking opinion and people got downvoted even when they didn't derail from the topic. Downvoting is not for disagreement. It's about irrelevancy. Back to the topic, I'd say mine is Dr. Strangelove. It's my opinion. I don't give a damn if anyone likes it. I'm staying relevant on topic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. Boy, I don't know what my... The answer, the movie I would think of when I saw the post, like, what is a classic movie you do not like? Like, not that I just find, like, mm. you know, not enjoyable. What do I not like? I'll tell you one I didn't like, uh, weirdly enough, was was um, uh, Patton. 
Okay, I've never I, seen Patton. I, I was not a fan of Patton. I think it's overly long mm. and and a chore to get through. Um, so so that's one I didn't like. It is on this top one hundred list, oh um, and and everyone loves Patton, but I I didn't care for it. I, I mean, I I can totally see the the merit again. Like I I know why it's beloved, but it's I don't like it. Not for me. I oh boy, I see. I'm I'm struggling to think of something. I can't. Um, um, in fact, I gave my patent Blu-ray. I bought it on Blu-ray because everyone had always said, oh, patent, patent, patent. And so I bought it and watched it and then just gave it to my grandpa. I was like, here you go. All right. Let me just look. I'll just scan a few of these. And I'll, I'll just tell you the first one I've seen that I didn't care for. So mm. got Citizen Kane, The Godfather, Casablanca, Raging Bull, Singing in the Rain, Gone with the Wind. Um, Gone with the Wind. I, I mean, I, no, I, I, I wouldn't say I didn't like that. I would just say yeah, it was, yeah. it was a, a, a slog to watch. Yeah, because if the criteria is not like it was disappointing or it was less than I no, thought, no, I did not like this. Is, I don't like it. Yeah, yeah, it's that's tough. Um, I think I didn't like Chinatown when I saw it, but I think I was mm. probably too young to appreciate that one because I don't. Sure. I don't know if that. Um, geez, see, I'm going down this list. I'm all the way down to number thirty. I haven't seen anything that I don't like. Um, yeah. these are all good movies in their own right, uh, one way or the other. I, I like that the Bridge on the River Kwai is on there. I, I, so the birth of a nation is on there. Yeah. Um, the birth of a nation is uh, supremely dull. I mean, it's, it, it's <laughs> from 1915. So yeah. it's probably oh. the oldest movie on this list. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it, it's DW Griffith. Just, I don't know. I, I didn't get anything out of that. Right. Boy, dude. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm all the way down to, Oh, number 50 Lord of the Rings is on there. That's awesome. Yeah, I love that. That's on there. Yeah, man, I can't. I I don't see anything on here that I'm I'm finding objectionable that I have that I have seen. You know, mm-hmm. I, I, um, uh, you know, I didn't like American Graffiti, but again, I think I was too. I might have been too young because sure. I'm the only person I know that d- didn't care American for that movie. <laughs> see, networks on there. That's a great film. And then right below it, the African Queen, Raiders of the Lost Ark. Yeah, yeah, these are all great. Tootsie, Tootsie's amazing. Everyone yeah, Tootsie's should. Great. Everyone should. We did. Were you? Did, were you in that class with me? We yeah, watched that for screenwriting. So. Yeah, yeah, we watched it in screenwriting. Man, that's a great film. I'm really glad we got to see that. Yeah, um, I don't see anything on here. I'm not going to go through. The, I, I I almost scanned the entire list. I'm not seeing a thing that I've checked out yeah. that I would find bunk. So uh, right, right. Yeah, I mean, and and look, like we we talk all the time, like. Nothing is sacred to me in 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 movies. There's not like I'm gonna like I we will split hairs and say like this has merit, but I don't find it fun to watch. And I think that sure. that's a acceptable position to have as a self proclaimed like you know movie person. Like you don't have to like all the marquee the the big mm. you know stereotypical movie person films to. Yep to have any sort of, uh, uh, you know, say so or, or foot in the door or, or seat at the table to talk about movies. You just have to be able yeah. to back up your, um, your opinions. And on a related note, is there any filmmaker that has received a claim that you don't care for their work? Boy, it's hard for me to say that because I, I have to, I feel like I have to look at the, to- the totality yeah. of their work. Um, ah, oh, oh boy. I, I don't know. Like, are, you, are you thinking of someone? No, not really. But I'm just curious. Uh, it, it, there, there are those filmmakers who are very like uh, stylistically divisive. Right. So like Wes Anderson. Yeah. Uh, 
like I, I can see how somebody would be like, I just don't like his movies because they all have that that weird that vibe, yeah, right? Or like Tim Burton, like I could see how I somebody's like, Tim I Burton. don't like Tim Burton, right? right? And it's just like, yeah, you're you're lumping in all the goods with the bads and the bads with the goods, yeah. but like, yeah, it, it's hard to look at at it as a totality like that and say this this particular filmmaker has nothing for me, right? That's tough. Yeah, that is tough. I can't think of a filmmaker. I mean, I I love, I try to keep, um, I try to keep current with like who I consider like the contemporary, you know, masters, like, Mm -hmm. like Christopher Nolan and Denis Villeneuve and, uh, you know, David Fincher, directors like that. Um, uh, you know, it's just nice to, I think one of the benefits you get with age in general is you get to go like, yeah, you know, it's easier for you to keep up with that's that like the, the history of someone great sure. like that. Yeah. You know, whereas if you, if you're born in the year 2000 and now you're like, okay, I'm in college. I want to check out Steven Spielberg's films. Like, and you want to start at age 20. All right, well you can do it in a year, but it's just, you yeah. have to commit singularly to that and, and yeah. keep in mind the entire scope of this person's career while you're just blazing through their entire life's work. <laughs> it's right. hard. It's much easier to go. Yeah. I'm 50, I'm 51. And, uh, here's what I think of Steven Spielberg. And I've had half a century to, to percolate on it. Yeah. Um, totally. yeah, I think that, I, I think those sort of things get easier with age critique certainly does. Yeah. Um, you know what else gets easier with age, uh, changing the subject. So we're going to do that right this second. <laughs> um, we wanted to talk about something this week that we thought we could do a whole episode on. And here we are a quarter of the way through it, not talking about that thing, but this concept yep. of the death of the author, um, mm. which the listeners may or may not be aware of, but the death of the author is essentially the concept that there's, there's the idea of the, the art versus the artist. And for a long time, it was sort of literary, it was, it's rooted in literary criticism, but it applies to all kinds of art. But at the, um, until I think this, this essay was written in the sixties, 1967 Mm -hmm. by a French literary critic named Roland Barthes, it's Barthes, but I think it's Barthes because there's no like H's in French. Um, but, um, traditional literary criticism was, the the author's life and opinions and everything else was all one thing and yep. would forever shape how you viewed their work. This is called authorial intent. Authorial intent. And death of the author was a concept brought about by Roland. I'm just going to call him Roland like we're friends. Sure. Um, that, uh, no, um, you know, actually, um, the text alone is what should determine... Yep. You know, no, no, sorry, the text alone is the work and any sort yep. of meaning is free of authorial intent and it belongs to the audience. And yep. so it's pretty much the two, the, the, the two large parties of critical thinking and uh, yep. artistic criticism is authorial intent versus death of the author. And the reason yep. we're talking about it is because J.K. Rowling, who wrote the Harry Potter, uh, this is mm. why we're talking about, right? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah I think that's safe to say. That's what we got. So yeah, for, for the audience. Aside, yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, uh, Hooper and I have been talking about this. Uh, we were, we were talking about JK Rowling. We were talking about a few other things and, and this idea came up. And so, so we talked about it very briefly. Um, I know, I know you've done some research on your own, uh, since we talked about it, I'm not sure exactly where you stand. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to, to have the conversation, but yeah, the, this is something that we've talked a little bit about off the mic. 
I think that we agree on where we stand on the issue. I'm, I'm, okay. so, so here's how I define these two, these two yeah. ideas separately. Authorial intent sure. is tell me what to think as the mm. author. Tell me what to think. Yeah. Death of the author is what did you think? Mm. It's instead yeah. of being, you're presented with a work and authorial yeah. intent is here's how you're supposed to view this work. And yeah. death of the author is here's this work. I'm not going to, you know, what do you think? Yeah. You know, and so the idea just being that, yeah, what is the author's relationship or influence on the work once it is written, once yeah. it is birthed? And yeah. I personally fall into death of the author. Yeah. I don't subscribe to authorial intent. I, I, there's a place for it, but hmm. I don't subscribe to that. And I don't, uh, I don't see, I see how people could, but I ultimately yeah. don't see, I don't see how people go through, <laughs> I don't see how people go through life and stick with that. Those who sure. think about it that much. I think yeah. if you were to really think about this issue, it would be hard to convince me why you feel that way. Although so think, the, the research I have done yeah. are full of people who do feel that way and are yes. pretty convincing about why. Sure. And, and I think a lot of it is rooted in, you know, if you're an author and you're telling a story, um, you, you may see yourself, your story as an expression of yourself, right? And so as an expression of me, I get to say what me means, you know, right. what I'm putting out is mine. It is my expression. So I am the authority. I am the God that says what I mean. Um, and, and, and I completely get that. I, I understand that as a, as an artist. Um, however, as a consumer and as somebody who uh, also writes a little bit and, uh, yet to be published, but writes a little bit, um, that, uh, I, I would, as an as an author, as a writer, I would want a limited time frame in which I can impact my story. That allows me to focus and tell the story as best I can within the time that's given to me. And once the that film, that book, whatever it is, once it's made public, it is no longer mine. I cannot influence it. Or rather, I can influence it, but not authoritatively. Right. I can only offer opinion. And and my opinion at that point is no more valid than anybody else's. I could say, uh, well, my intention was this, but somebody can always counter that and say, well, that's not clear in your work. And therefore, if your intention was this, was was X, and you did not achieve X, then kind of your 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 piece is not not done. It's not, or, 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 or at least rather it's not thought through. It's not finished. It's not, um, uh, it's not complete in some way. So, um, yeah, I mean, I understand both sides of it, but I, I certainly fall into the death of the author as well. And I think this, um, this mode of literary criticism allows for a distance between the art and the artist. Um, so that when the art artists' uh, shortcomings are revealed, um, it allows you to enjoy the art simply because the artist is not behind it anymore. Um, I mean, it is, but it's not. And so it allows you that opportunity to distance it. Um, and, and, and I would like to also say, I think that looking at this originally, like you said, it's a literary um, critical framework. However, um, like you said, it also applies to film, but I do think that that's a very separate 
thing. There, there's a lot of differentiation between those two mediums. So a book is kind of singularly produced by a person yep. and a film is a collaborative work. Right. Um, and part of me, you know, especially with film, death of the author makes the most sense because in order for me to, uh, appreciate a work of art, I, specifically film, I'm appreciating shots. I'm appreciating sound design. I'm appreciating, you know, the writing, I'm appreciating the directing, I'm appreciating performances and I'm appreciating all of these things. And one of those people may not be the strongest of the bunch. They, they may be a failure at communicating what they intend to. However, the work as a whole can still be effective simply because everything else is on point. I think right? in film, author is, is it's a lot harder to pin down who is the author of a film. Yeah. Because if it's a Tom Hanks movie that he executive produces and the director is fairly green, well, is it the director's film or is it Tom Hanks's? Like who's Correct. really creative? Is, is it the writer, you know, which right. should be, but like, right. you know, right. the writer director. Yeah. But, it, but yeah, I think the closest you can get to it is, is a writer director thing. That's sure. not based on a, that it's not based on a, um, on a, on a existing property or not like, you know, sure. Uh, like, like an I, Edgar Wright, you know, kind Wright of movie a, or like a, yeah. even, I would almost say like a, even like a James Gunn type of thing. Like that's about as mainstream as it gets. Cause even though that's like an sure. existing property and characters, like the, yeah. the dynamics and the relationships within those films are pretty much from scratch, but right. like or, I, or Quentin Tarantino. Good exactly. I think Quentin yeah. Tarantino. Yeah. There's, there's, there are films that to me when done right feel the closest to a singularly authored book would feel like, yeah. and that's, that that's that always is the writer director. It's whoever yep. decided to craft the story and execute it visually. Um, and so I would say that that particular area of filmmaking is probably the closest to what sure. the, the you know the literary criticism can apply to film. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, yeah absolutely. It's hard to pin down who is the person. You know, right. with movies. It's it's true. And and so I think you know what what got us talking about it again was um, J.K. Rowling. So yeah, um, you know a little bit of history. I think most of our listeners are probably you know uh, up to date on some of this stuff, but um, a little bit of history. Once once Deathly Hallows was published, um, J.K. Rowling sought to sort of remain in the spotlight and and kind of keep people buzzing about her stories. Um, and and the way that she would do this is by intermittently releasing some new piece of trivia. Um, you know, this is generally not seen in the books or, you know, hinted at or whatever, yeah. but you know, uh, it, the biggest one of course being, you know, the Dumbledore was gay, right? right? It was huge when, when the, the news broke, the Dumbledore was gay. Right. Um, and, and of course you can always go back into those books and into the movies and read that in. Um, even though, I, I don't think if she hadn't said that, I don't think there's enough in the text to allow someone to come to that conclusion definitively. Yeah. Um, so, so then of course that there's raises, no more, there's no more to suggest the his sexual orientation being for being gay as there is for him being straight. Sure. You know, there's no mention of his romantic past or, or, or anything. Exactly. You know, yeah. Exactly. And, and so death of the author would, would say that as long as you can make a, a case for, you know, something in the text, right? Like, like let's say JK had never unveiled that fact about yeah. Dumbledore. Um, if, if you can make a logical case for that, that stance, 
using text only, then it's a valid interpretation of it. Yeah. I don't think that that would have been a valid interpretation of it. Um, just like I don't think you could definitively say the other, uh, that he's straight or whatever. Because again, like you said, it's not, it, it's not, it doesn't come into play at all. And so, so anyway, her adding that in became a question of authorial intent. Yep. Does she get to flavor her story after the fact? If that's something she always intended, why not include it in the book? If that's something she always intended, then she did a terrible job of communicating her intentions. And that makes her maybe not a bad artist, but at least a, a failure at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, communicating that specific character. And so, um, you know, it raises all kinds of questions. And then, and then the list goes on throughout the years. She unveiled more and more and more. Um, some, and it some got of these dumber were, and dumber and dumber, dumber and dumber. Some of them are like, you know, mythos kind of things. It's like, uh, I forget there was one that was like wizards used to poop wherever they stood and then they'd vanish their poop. Like, I think that was literally one of them. And, and I'm like, why did that need to be? discussed. I don't understand. No. What does this add? No. And anyway, and so, and so then, um, there's the, uh, you know, like revelations that, that were about post story things like Neville Longbottom married whoever, and they had four kids and it's like, eh, it's not in the book. So yeah, eh. she just yeah. started, it, it, it became really fan servicey and, mm. and less and less like from the chair, and yeah. and more like this is just her on twitter just trying yeah. to please people yeah or or what or it wasn't or it was like that really was it but it's just like but, but you're dropping all these tidbits just to sort of please people and stay relevant yeah and 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 since those books came out i feel like jk rowling has sort of i don't want to go as far as to call her a hack i don't think sure. that she is a hack i yeah. think that this idea she had in this world was great. Yeah. And I just don't think that she had much left in her because one, she doesn't have to. And two, oh, yeah. every time she's returned to this world, it's just, she's leaning on, on this property so much. And you know, the fantastic beast movies aren't well written and those were written entirely by her. The screenplays were, um, yeah. And so I think that cursed child was at least partially written yeah. by her and it's kind of critically panned. And so for me, like all of this, after a while, like these tidbits, one, they don't matter and never mattered to me, but yeah. it also came off more and more desperate. Like this is like your one skill is this universe. And so you're clinging to it and, yeah. but you're not doing well with it. Like what you are yeah. writing, even based in this world, isn't even good, but people accept it because you're the author of the original text. Yeah. But when it came down to it, it was like, no, like you're, I don't think you're that good at what you do anymore. You know? Uh, now, alternatively, had she written, like decided to start writing short stories, like yeah. a little, like, here's a standalone Dumbledore story sure. that takes place before whatever. And then you reveal that in the story. Okay, it's yeah. a story. You've yep. now you've added to your mythology, um, and and you fleshed out a character. And and okay, like that that at least is a thing. But like just tweeting, you know, three words: Dumbledore is gay, yeah. and then you know, expecting that to 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 be enough. Like yeah. that was enough work that you just put in. Um, yeah, is very weird. And and if you if you subscribe to authorial intent, you have to keep track of all these little things and go, oh. Yeah. Well, now this is part of the story. And yeah. and I'll be clear, like uh, the 
devil's advocate for authorial intent is if I were for author intent, I would be telling death of the author people, you know, you're kind of lazy because you don't yep. want to do the work of keeping track with all of all the canon. Yeah. And then of course, with, with her recent, uh, you know, goings on on Twitter, you know, with yeah. tweeting things that are not popular, um, yeah. to say, um, um, and doubling down on them, I would, if I believed in authorial intent, I'd be sitting here going, you definitely people who, who are applying death of the author to, to JK Rowling now, because her opinions are, are being revealed as not acceptable. Mm. Um, I would call death of the author people, um, like socially lazy. Like you don't want to reconcile her personal views with something you love and you're not willing to let go of something you love because of the author's, uh, personal views. Sure. But as a person who does believe in death of the author, I go, okay, fine. You could recognize that you, I I could acknowledge that I see why you think that me thinking that is convenient for me, but it just so happens to line up with those. I, I genuinely am not affected by her personal views. When I read Harry Potter, Yeah. because I put myself whether she believes those things or not, when she wrote the books, yeah. I'm putting myself at the desk at her typewriter, as it were, yeah. Yeah. when she's focused on this story and whether or not, you know, I just want to get this out there, whether or not like that people think that she's like a, a horrible bigot, hmm. you can't deny that the books are speaking to underrepresented groups and outcasts, societal outcasts. I mean, the entire wizarding, wizarding world has to hide. Um, Mudbloods, you know, all that stuff, like like non, non-magic people, muggles, and, yeah. you know, uh, wizard blood purity. There's a whole bunch of yeah. themes in Harry Potter that have to do with inclusion um, yeah. and, and just having the X factor as a good person and not necessarily where you come from. So sure. I think that... To say like we have to boycott Harry Potter now because because J.K. Rowling is a trans exclusionary radical feminist, I don't think that that has to happen. First of all, I don't think most people want to boycott the books. If you do, that's that's fine. But I, I don't think that you can that you can sort of say because of authorial intent. I think it's a reach to say because of authorial intent. You cannot read these books that are about inclusion and love and acceptance anymore because the author years later said this thing on a social media platform that didn't exist when she wrote the books. I think right. that that's silly because they 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 oppose they are opposing messages. So you right. have to pick one, you know, and it depends on your philosophy with this this idea. Well, and that that's the main thing for me is uh, if if you had if you I, I don't know of anybody who read the books. And came to the idea that she was speaking negatively about trans people right. in, in those books. If that was a thing, it, that's news to me. Yeah. I, I missed it. I don't think that that's a, a, an appropriate or accurate reading of those texts. Yeah. Um, and so, so had that been the case— and then like, we think she probably was writing about that. And then she confirms like, yeah. oh yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm writing about that. Then it kind of does invalidate the art in some way because you're like, you're like, okay, yeah. So yeah. I, we thought you were saying you were bigoted and now you've said you were bigoted. So yeah, I can't, I can't enjoy <laughs> there, this anymore. There was a, there was an example in one of the, in one of the videos I, I researched on where they said, one of the tidbits that she dropped was that werewolves were supposed to be an allegory for the AIDS crisis. 
And it's just like, mm. well, if that's true, then you've cast a character like Lupin as someone who is to be feared because he has AIDS. Doesn't that feed right. into the, the hysteria that was bad? Yeah. So it's but, like, it doesn't right. really, you know, it like, track. which is it? Do we believe that this is canon and we're going to destroy the messages of the book or, or what's right. what's happening? Right. And and so, so I, again, I think, I think my whole thing it, it, with it is it, it does not invalidate the stories because it's not like the stories were also speaking to what she's to now saying. Right. They, they don't line up. Right? right. And so, and, 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 and yeah, I don't, I don't think so. I, I, I could understand why somebody might say right now, I don't want to give her any money. So I'm not going right. to buy Harry Potter merch. I'm not going to go to the parks. I'm not going to like buy the DVD set or whatever. I can yeah. understand that point of view. Yeah. Um, but, but, what I what I really don't like is the idea that now somebody can't enjoy uh, something they've always enjoyed yeah. because of something they've learned about the person that created it. Because if that were the case, we would all have to throw a lot of stuff out the door, yeah. right? Like, oh, I love Hitchcock. Yeah, he probably wasn't the greatest to his female leads. Right. Right. He was probably a little bit of a jerk. Yeah. Um, like, okay, so let's throw all of Hitchcock out. Right. It, as, as things happen, you just kind of like, as time marches on, mm -hmm. there's time just has a way of digging out who people are or, or what they're hiding or, or whatever the case may be. And, and if we were to go back and then say, we can't enjoy that, I, I draw a line with that unless that thing is, uh, also, uh, giving off those messages. Specifically, so here's a good example. Yeah. Here's a good example. Um, and, and I've been asked about this, the Cosby show. Um, I love the Cosby show. Yeah. Always have loved the Cosby show. I grew up on it. I remember watching it when I was really young and, uh, and, and just loving every second of it. Like I, that was my jam. Uh, that was probably the first sitcom I loved. And, um, so the question posed to me recently was, can you still enjoy the Cosby show? Um, the answer is for me. Yes. I understand how for some no, right. It's got his name on the title. Right. I get it. Right. But at the end of the day, uh, a couple things, one, the character that he plays and the messages, uh, that were espoused on that show are not consistent with who we now know Cosby was in his private life. Right. And, and okay. So the message is different than who he is. So that should end the argument. But but as we've said before, film or television is a collaborative medium. And so for me to say I can't enjoy that because his name is on it discounts the work of hundreds of people who came in and out of that show, writers, producers, set decorators, costumers, actors, and, and to discredit all of those people just because the figurehead of the show was a nasty person um, is, is I think, unfair. It's unfair to someone like Malcolm Jamal Warner, who's who's a very talented person, or Felicia Rashad, who's super talented, and and to to look at them and say that whole part of your resume is now invalid. Yeah, because the person that you worked with was a creep. Yeah. I, I, that's, I don't think that's appropriate. So, so death of the author helps. Now here's the thing. People look at death of the author people and say like, okay, you guys just are, you have your blinders on. You're not interested in right. looking right. deeply at who these people are and what they stand for. 
Uh, I, I would disagree because I think death of the author people know and death of the author people, I, I speak for myself, I know what Bill Cosby did. I know what, uh, you know, uh, J.K. Rowling has said. I understand all of these things. Yeah. I, and, and it is an act of when I engage with this content now to shut that part of my brain off. Right. And, and here's why, because if I never knew what Bill Cosby did, and if I never knew what JK Rowling said, I would still be able to enjoy those things because those things aren't giving me terrible messages. And so for me, that's the, that's the thing, right? Like if, if JK Rowling had never said this publicly, yeah, she still would be this, she still would be who she is. But but I wouldn't know. And so there's an element of maybe ignorance is bliss or whatever. But but at the end of the day, I I, I wouldn't, you know, or or let's look at it this way. I read all the Harry Potter books and then I go on a very long vacation to somewhere where I don't have access to Twitter. Right. Uh, I still love those books. Yeah. I still love them. She's out there saying whatever she's saying. And I'm not getting that, you know, hateful message from the book. So I still enjoy the books. Right. And so so I think about things like, you know, the things that I'm a fan of uh, Batman or Breaking Bad. Right. Like, let's say 15 years from now, it comes out that Brian Cranston was a creep or that uh, Vince Gilligan, uh, you know, once punched a child in the face, um, <laughs> you know, like, OK, yeah, th those are terrible things. Yeah. Um, but but to then say, like, it would be wrong for me, like on an ethical level to partake in the art that they've created, I think is wrong. I, I, I just think that, that that presents a whole host of issues for all art because we know a lot of crazy things about Leonardo da Vinci and a lot of crazy things about you know all of these renowned artists and we still love their work because the work stands alone. And when as time marches on, the distance between da Vinci and Mona Lisa only deepens. Yeah. And, 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 and what we, what we remember is the art. Yep. You know? And so, so the weird thing about being an artist is eventually you die, Yeah, but your art does not die. Yep. And so death of the author eventually will actually literally apply to you, <laughs> but death of the art does not. Right. Like, I think that you were talking about, like, people might say that, that, death of the author proponents have their blinders on because they're not reckoning with, you know, the, the personalized reviews of the artists. Mm. But I would argue that it actually requires you to, if yeah. you are blissfully ignorant of the personal shortcomings of these artists, yeah, you're not being asked to apply. You're not being asked to think about either of these outcomes. You're just, yeah. you're, you're at a default where you're, you're simultaneously in both camps until you know, yeah. something's up. Yeah. If you don't know anything about J.K. Rowling and you love Harry Potter, you are both in the authorial intent camp. J.K. Yeah. Rowling is an author who wrote a thing I like. You, yeah. and that's all you know about the author. You don't know anything else. So you're, you're, yeah. you're, you're very easily in authorial intent. But you're also in death of the author because you're not thinking about the author's personality mm -hmm. and having to then say, I know this, but I'm, I'm split from it because I don't believe that that matters. Mm -hmm. So the disengagement from the personal life of the author puts you in both camps. Mm. It's only when you actually, when something happens and you are forced to pick a side where yeah. these philosophies even come into play. Sure. So picking either side 
requires some sort of reckoning with the, the you know, and I'm sure the, there's people yeah. who believe in, I'm sure there are people who believe in death of the author for that exact reason. I don't want to think about it. I know yeah. that happened, but I, I don't want to think about it. Yeah. But that's like anybody in any particular camp that sort of doesn't belong there. It's like, you yeah, didn't yeah. really do the work to get here. You know, if you're yeah. going to be on death of the author, you need to be able to defend why. Um, right. And I think that, I, I think that, I think that, you're right. Like when the art, when the artist dies, the work lives on. And so I think right now the reason it's so easy to, and why we have this conversation is one, the concept, you know, on paper is not, is 50, you know, about 50 years old, yeah. uh, 53 years old, 67. Right. Um, yeah. so it's a fairly contemporary concept to, yeah. to discuss, to come out and discuss. Um, and we also have the internet, so we have yeah. access to all of this stuff. We can look at a whole lot of personal journals and whatever else. And, you know, with, yeah. with film, with, with, you know, with contemporary artists, you know, a lot of their exploits, we can still talk to people who grew up with them. Like there's yeah. a whole bunch of opportunities and we also simultaneously live in a culture. I mean, cancel culture is called, is, is has a name right now. And that's because this is happening a lot. We're, we're, yeah. we're going through and we're purifying everybody and we're really applying a broad, a broad brush to everyone's, uh, moral rank. And, mm. um, and so that's what's happened with JK Rowling, who's, who's choosing to say things that are not popular on a very public platform. Yeah. And people argue that because she's an author who has a large following and can influence people that, that those things are objectionable to even say, and, and yeah. that her, and it's different than if I were to say the same thing on Twitter. Yeah. Um, so that's a whole nother ball of wax, but, um, it's just something that's going to keep happening. I mean, we talk about it because if, you know, obviously Dustin and I agree on where we fall on this issue. Yeah. So if you are for authorial intent, uh, may this be a guide for you, uh, to how we look at every movie we talk about, yeah. uh, to an, to, you know, to an extent. Um, well, and, and here, here's, here's a couple of quick reasons why. Um, and I'm going to use one example, mm -hmm. um, one specific example, which is star Wars. Um, uh, George yeah. Lucas has famously remade star Wars in a few key areas. Um, he's added visual effects. He's added sound effects. He's added lines of dialogue and re-edited certain sections of the film. Yep. The question is, does he, the author have the right to make those changes? And I will just say real quick that this is, I was in authorial intent camp until this issue became a thing, not mm. consciously, yeah. but I remember the first time we, we had a large discussion about yeah. this all happening. I was annoyed that he was doing it, but I'm pretty yeah. sure that I came down at the end of the day. At, well, you know, if anyone's allowed to, it's his. So, and, sure. and, and you and others were like, but it's not his anymore. Correct. It he had his opportunity. The, yeah. And he told his story. Yeah. And 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 so he, you know, granted, it may seem like a small thing. Han sure. shot first, yeah. right? That that whole thing. But but it's true. That fundamentally changes an aspect of a character that maybe he's trying to make that character more palatable or what have you. But the point is once he submitted that film to the world, it became the world's film. He yep. can re-edit it, sure. Fine, let him do it. But what he cannot do is insist that that's the way it is because there, that's not the way that it is in my brain. 
Right. It, it's not that that scene belongs to me and it belongs the way that it originally was, which is Han shooting first. Right. That's that's my version of it. With Death of the Author, I get to choose which version is my version. Here's a, here's another weird thing. I get to choose the last couple seasons of The Office didn't happen. Right. I get to choose that because authorial intent tells me I can. I'm sorry. Death of the Author tells me I can. Right. Um, and so, so I, I, another example, Friday Night Lights. I get to choose that Landry didn't kill a man. Right. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? They, they backed away from that one too. I know. But, but, but that's the thing. Once, once it's submitted <laughs> to the world, it up so well, the writers forgot it happened. <laughs> I know that once it's submitted to the world, I, I get to choose if I accept it as canon. Yeah. I get to choose if I accept what they're offering and, 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 and I get to interpret it. So, so think about films with ambiguous endings, Right. Right. Things that that are left up to our interpretation with with authorial intent. I now become obsessed with what is the right answer? You really because there has to be one. You can't look at those situations with authorial intent because the author literally comes out and says, I meant it for you to percolate on this. Right. Kubrick said that, that about 2001 A Space Odyssey. He's yes. like, well, here's he, he for a long time. He didn't say shit. They're yeah. like, what yeah. does the end, what does the Stargate mean? And he's like, I'm not going to tell you. Right. What do you think? And they were right. like, we can't think. Tell us right. how to think. And this, <laughs> right, was, exactly. this was like, what? I mean, that movie was, was 68, I think. That was a yeah. year after this, 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 this critique came out. Death of the Author existed while that film was yeah. being made. Yeah. Kubrick may have, may have read the damn thing for all we know. So yeah. it very much was a late sixties idea that came to prominence of, I don't know. What do you think? And people Here, weren't ready for it. They're like, I, I, I don't know how to think for me. Here's a few more very important, like film, uh, examples of ambiguous endings. Mm -hmm. Inception. Yeah. That's important. Yep. I get to make that theory. Any theory that I come up with has to be rooted in what the film has said explicitly. Right. It has to make sense. It has to or, track. Or, or ha it has to track. It has to track. But I get to say what it is. And if 20 years from now, Christopher Nolan says, here's what it is, I can choose whether the version that I've thought for 20 years is the right version or not. Right. I get to choose that. Uh, the thing. Okay. Is it McCready? Is he the thing? Is there no thing? Right. Did we destroy him? Um, that is the um, uh, or or uh, Keith David. What's his character's name? Uh, Childs. Childs. Uh, yeah. Is is it McCready or Childs? Um, I get to come up with that ending. I have a theory. I have a theory in my brain, but with authorial intent, I don't get that privilege anymore. Um, the Graduate. At the end of the Graduate, yeah, you have a very, very clear moment where. It might be a happy ending, but it might not be a happy ending. Yeah. So with authorial intent, I have to wait on the director to tell me. I have to wait to be told what that means. I don't get to say what it means until I have to go dig it up. And if the director dies, the writer dies, and they never tell me, then the movie's worthless. Uh, uh, yeah. The Shining. What does that mean? You just <laughs> zoom in on a photo? I don't know what it means. Yeah. You know what I mean? So that that's where it kind of, again, Blade Runner. We mentioned Blade Runner yep. a minute ago. Yeah. Is Deckard Blade a replicant? Blade Runner is another one. Yeah. Is Deckard a replicant? Yeah. Sure. 
if he if you want him to be yeah if he if you don't want him to be he's not because either one of those are valid interpretations of the story and even with blade runner 2049 they didn't they didn't tell us um at least best in my memory yeah, I, I can't that, remember actually I, I'm, I'm fuzzy I, on I that feel one like actually they did but they may have they may have later gone but maybe still i can't remember anyway yeah, yeah. i'm fuzzy that but the point is uh, i only saw it the once no um, you're, you're i mean but you're right like it, there's there's it's it's so weird like there that's another area where you can't apply authorial intent because if, if you believe in authorial intent then you you have to believe that this person wanted you to suffer like they they yep. wanted to give you if you believe it, if at the end of um what was the first one you mentioned uh inception inception um if, if at the end of inception you you think authorial intent the movie ends we don't know what actually happens or or if he's really still dreaming or not yeah if does you, the top fall over you believe i think i saw it wiggle you believe yeah that christopher nolan wants you to suffer yeah. that's what you're believing if you believe yeah. in the authorial intent authorial intent was your misery ha ha yeah. Go yep. home, you yep. know, you suck. I hate you. And I hope you suffer and think about this forever. Right. That's what you are. That is what you believe. That's if best believe, case scenario. If you believe Worst case scenario yeah. is the filmmaker just didn't finish. Right. Yeah. He didn't meet his deadline. He didn't get, you know, <laughs> but like, but, but that's, that's what you're choosing. That, that's, that's what that belief means. So yeah. you can't go. So if you, and if, if that is, if you still think, oh yeah, that's what I think. It's like, well, you shouldn't go to movies. Because if right. if you think there's a filmmaker out there who wants you to suffer, that's yeah. an activity I would not partake in a, a second right. time, my friend. Correct. But at that point, you have to believe in death of the author because if you believe I'm meant to think about this, mm. the authorial even if you're saying the authorial intent was for me to think about it, well, that's death of the author of the of the author. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's death of the author. It yeah. is. Here you go. What do you think? Even, yeah. even intentional ambiguity, yeah. of, you know, intent from the author for ambiguity. Yeah. The words author and intent are in that sentence. Yeah. That is not authorial intent. Authorial intent is here's what happened. Yeah. If it's yeah. not there, you're meant to think about it. Death of the author. Correct. 20 years later, oh, Chris Nolan's like, yeah, I don't even believe the dreams uh, really happen. I don't think human beings dream. So you go, oh, well, he doesn't believe human beings dream. That means that Dom was never dreaming. Well, that also means the whole premise falls apart. And they, they, right. they, they entered exactly. a magic world. And the totem doesn't mean anything. So, like, you can't, you can't, that, well, that, that'd well, be stupid. Well, so, but this is, this is the same thing. I mentioned Breaking Bad earlier. Yeah. Right? Breaking Bad kind of ends. And everyone said, I guess well, I hate to spoil the ending, but but I, spoilers for Breaking was a question. Bad. But I, okay, fine. Sure, there there was a question. Okay, uh, same with the end of The Sopranos. Yeah, there was a question. Yep, there there's a question. Yeah, and 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 it it does not make sense for me ten years down the road to be told something mm -hmm. and then have to reconcile that with what I've believed for that long. Um, you know. It, you know what? Sopranos is a famous ending. So it is. Let's, let's just spoil we'll it. Let's spoil Sopranos. Right? Sopranos ends and there's a guy that walks to the bathroom. Yeah. And it's framed very deliberately that he's walking to the bathroom. This is something we're supposed to notice. Yep. And then we hear something happen. Tony looks. We see his reaction shot. Cut to black. Yep. Right? So something happened, presumably with the man that went to the bathroom. And we cut to black. Now... Earlier in the season, they have told us 
that uh, you know when you die, you probably it probably just goes black. Yeah, you, right. You probably don't so, even see it coming. Right. So I'm now in my mind linking that piece of dialogue with the finale and forming an opinion yes. based on on what I believe the authors to be telling me. Right. If if in the perfect world, James Gandolfini was still alive and five years from now they do a sequel show and David Chase is like, oh, no, he's still alive, still alive. Then I have an issue. Yeah. The issue is you clearly led me on. You led me to believe something and allowed me to form an opinion about your work, which you then overturned in my mind. I don't want to watch your sequel show. Yeah. Not just because it, it clashes with what I've always thought happened to Tony Soprano, yeah. but also because I don't trust you now. Right. Explain Explain now your, your deliberate tension building and shot design of that scene why are we looking at the door so many times why are we noticing random people coming in and going into the restroom like why are we meant to be looking around and suspecting everybody why is it cut to black yep you know oh oh, well because tony lives well then what's the point why don't you just shoot an ending just shoot an ending like you know have them holding hands to say grace or something it's like where everyone everything's gonna be okay and then it cuts to black it's like yeah. you wouldn't argue then that, that that something happened to the family. Oh well, it's still cut to black, but but that's not it's, it. wasn't shot the but same it wasn't way. It cut to way. black because we have to roll the credits. You exactly. know, like the, the, the but the way it was done was, was every show cuts to black. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was very deliberate. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, no, I I I definitely agree. I I think I think that something there was something written in there. I think um, when I was looking up just the way that this was all phrased. But I thought of something. I thought of um, it was talking about the the passions and the tastes of the author. And I was thinking, you know, the passion, the, the text may rely on the tastes and passions of the author in order to be created. But once created, it has a life and meaning all its own uh, subject to the tastes and passions of the audience. And it's a lot like it's not a lot yeah. like, but it's it's akin to raising a kid, you know, like y- you have. You have the author when, you know, parents have, you have your you know, 18 years, you, you have your 18 years, you know how you want your kid, you know what you want them to grow up to be. And, yep. and you know, after 18, 20 years, they go off and, and, and here, and is at that point, what you intended doesn't really matter anymore because yeah. you have formed a thing and that thing now is, is out there and it's going to have a life of its own. And, you know, we're not going to get into specifics like, you know, oh, and then it's critiqued and interpreted by people. You know, I'm not going to extend the metaphor that sure, far. Sure, 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 sure. But the, the idea being once you've put out the work and you present it to everyone, you don't get to revise it and say, wait, 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 it's this. Because anything you do to that piece of art once it's released is a reaction yeah. to the audience. We talked about this with the Snyder Cut. You know, yeah. this Snyder Cut is not going to be the the original vision of the director he wasn't finished with the movie yeah everything yeah. he's doing is a reaction to what people yeah. were saying about the released film and an yeah. amalgamation of what they liked about Whedon's cut or not what they wanted to see that they presumed was in Snyder's cut and he just gets to sit there and pretend like he thought of all this brilliant shit when he really yeah. just uh sourced it from the audience and 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 you know threw into a blender and was like all right I'm gonna reshoot these scenes because this is the most this is what people want to see. That's yeah. not art. That's a reaction. You yeah. you and someone else finished your art yeah. and the circumstances were bad, but here's your art and that's it. That was your shot. Yeah. 
Yep. And that's that's death of the author. And it doesn't even that's not even Zack Snyder having anything controversial views. That's just sure. It doesn't just apply. We, we were talking about. I'd say because, his views are controversial. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he he thinks movies that I think are bad are good. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that I think that um, I think that we're talking about this because of something controversial and an author said. Yeah. But it's it it really it's it's not just about that. It's just about it, it it applies to J.K. Rowling, but the idea exists for just art that's put out, yeah, and it 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 stays put. Well, and and again, as somebody who at least is trying to write some things, mm-hmm. um, my hope and my intention for my work is would would be that you know I do the hard work right now. Yep sitting alone in my office doing what I have to do to tell the story that expresses what is inside me. When I get it out there, I I don't think I would be very concerned with what the audience interprets from it because if it is a valid interpretation, like we said, if it tracks, well then, but I didn't think about it, well then that's a happy accident. Or I didn't think about it Oh crap! Yeah, I probably should have been more clear here, or I probably should have been more clear there. Right. Um, but but my my hope is that if I put out a piece, I've done the hard work of clarifying my intentions early, because once it gets out there, I I, I don't I don't want to have to be asked what what did you mean? Right. What, what is this? Because it's up to you. You get to tell me what it means. I'm putting it out there for you to react to. Um, and, and, and I, I'm not interested in telling you, like, I'm not interested in preaching to you. This is what's right. This is the truth. I'm interested in you trying to, to gather that from what I'm communicating. And, and if you get it great, if you don't, it's either a failure on my part or yours. Right. But it doesn't bother me. And so, Um, the thing I always have to remind myself too is uh, films are stories, books are stories. And, and throughout time, stories have been told and retold. So how many times have you been with a friend and they say, Hey, what is that? What's alien about? Oh man. So an alien gets loose on a ship and there's one girl that's got to like, you know, take it out or at least try to escape or whatever. And, and the way I just described alien is very basic yeah. and it barely scratches the surface, but it's accurate. Yeah. Um, but, but I'm retelling a story because that's the way that stories have always been. As I tell a story, then it gets retold. It's the same thing. If I tell you my, my story about having kidney stones, then you go tell Tara my story about having kidney stones. That story's not mine anymore. It's yours. You just told it. You know what I mean? <laughs> And then, and then it's hers because then she goes and tells it Yeah. and, and it's not mine anymore. If she goes and tells her friend, uh, yeah, Dustin had a kidney stone because, uh, because his, uh, his dog hit him in the, in, in, in the gut with her back leg. That's not, I didn't, I didn't say that, Right. but somehow she got it. I don't care. You know why? Because I told my story and, and, you know, I don't know if that, if I'm even making any sense, the point is like, (laughs) like once it leaves me, what happens to it? It's not on me. What you're saying is dogs cause kidney stones. Yes, correct. I'm, 
and and and, and for some reason your wife talks like this. Hey, hey. Could kick by the dog in the butt. Oh. That makes kidney stones. <laughs> but, uh, no respect. Uh, no respect at all. Um, I, but I, what I'm trying to say is that like you you repeat stories mm-hmm. so much that they don't belong to the original teller anyway. Um, right. And and at, at a point the author has to let it go. The author has to let it be what it is. And if it gets twisted and if it gets, you know, turned into something that it wasn't, oh, well, I did my job and I did it well. And that, and that's all that it, that's all that it is. Um, so, yeah. The article that we, that, um, uh, there's an article on Book Riot called When Your Favorite Author Says the Wrong Thing. I'll link to it in the podcast description um, that, ex- that that sort of explores this idea as it relates to J.K. Rowling mm. currently. Um, but if you're listening, if you've listened this far and you're, you know, you're thinking about this idea now, like this, this really does cover this is this is an essential piece of of art criticism. I mean, like it's it's not going to apply to every movie you 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 review or that you want to talk about or critique, but eventually something's going to happen to some creator of something you like, and you're going to have to reckon with it. This happens on because all people are flawed. All people are flawed, and you know this happens in politics as well. And, and but I think that the that's a little bit different, where the someone's views and character may matter more because they're in charge of policy. Not just they have influence, but they are in charge of policy or legislation. But when it comes to art and a, a message that an artist is trying to put out there, you know, I believe, we believe that that once you do create that thing and put it out there, it's the idea exists and it doesn't really, it, I mean, I, I throw a football, I finish and, you know, it, it leaves my hand and then I get shot in the face for like, you know, a millisecond later. <laughs> The football yeah. is still going. I still threw it. There's nothing yeah. that you can do. I mean, you could shoot the ball, I guess, but there's nothing you could probably do about it. It's going where I threw it. Who brought a gun to this football? And that's it. Game. I don't know. It's that dog. It's that, that <laughs> the, dog, the, 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 the dog. That, uh, that kicked you in the gut. That, that stomach kicking dog is also <laughs> an incredible shot. Um, you probably don't even feel it when it happens. <laughs> Uh, or see it coming. I screwed that up. Uh, yeah, like that. Th- it's it. Th- that thing is out there. It's in the air, and that's that's it. And yeah. and it really doesn't matter what happens to me. That that idea exists. So, I, and I guess I, the I've meant to sort of set this up, and I sort of didn't run with it. But but authorial intent can have a place. Authorial intent can be a part of your criticism. You know, yeah. you can say, well, you know, but but again, you still have to pull the all these points together within the text of what you're critiquing but you can take into account well i know for a fact that christopher nolan uh really hates ladders so when i see a ladder in his movies i have to think that it has something to do with the i don't know i'm just making that up but like sure, the, sure. the point is like you you can you can Man, factor our, our in. metaphors are on point tonight <laughs> <laughs> we're tired um yeah. but like when you have like um when you have ideas that's that are set in stone and you know the author's opinions can't touch them anymore you oh god i totally blanked out i've never come to such a screeching halt in a point that the way i just did (laughs) um i i think i forgot what i was gonna say um oh boy what was it again (sighs) 
Oh, I set this. Hold on, hold on. Let me get, get back to this. I said that I set it up. Oh, Alfredo Intent can be a part of your of your yeah. critique because you can always say, well, obviously he made a movie about this thing, and yeah. he wants to express this thing. So it's definitely a baseline for how you begin to critique something. Yeah. But you can't. But you can't apply it retroactively, and I don't think that you should. Yeah, and 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 you're right. With with film, it, it is a starting point. You you can use what you know about an a, a filmmaker and a, a writer to to decide maybe why they decided to write this film or what they may want to express with it. Um, but but the interpretation of the of the piece itself is yours. Yeah. Um, we're, you know, and I think that it, it, it seems counterproductive, but it's not that you can understand what the author was trying to say at the same time that you reject what they said. And at the same time that you, you understand that they did a poor job of explaining it. Exactly. And, and so, so, you know, you can use it as a, as a way to say, okay, this, this particular artist was trying to say this failed to say it. And so this piece is flawed. Yeah. This is not good art because it doesn't express fully what you're trying to express. It'd be the same as like a, a five paragraph essay in school, you know, the teacher asking you to write something specific and you write your thesis, but you do it in the first paragraph, but then you do a terrible job of explaining the thesis yeah. for the next four paragraphs. Yeah. Well, then your, your professor says, bad job. Yeah. Did, didn't do, you didn't, didn't support do your thesis. Yeah, exactly. You wrote your thesis, but you didn't support it. Yeah. And a film and you can use the author's biography and views to figure out the thesis and then work your way to figure out if they were successful at supporting their thesis. But you can agree or disagree with the thesis, and you can actually even interpret the thesis differently than they intended it. Right. Because they can undermine their own thesis. My People do this all the time. Yeah, you, no, totally. And yeah. especially art and art made on a large scale like movies too, yeah. with lots of people involved. It definitely happens. Sometimes the studio gets involved and it changes one or two things. And then one of the reasons the director gets mad, it's like, not only are you meddling in this, but those things are critical to saying what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And, you know, and so then when the, when the, when the reviews come out and you're like, and the more high-minded critics are like, yes, but I know that he was going for this particular thing and it didn't quite land for me because of such and such. I can tell that like the, the director might hear that and go, see, I knew it. Like yeah. that little thing, that little critique, the studio doesn't care about that because it doesn't affect yeah. whether or not people see the film. But the directors at home thinking those two things were critical to what I was trying to say. And now everyone yeah. thinks I'm trying to say something else. And yeah. and I was trying to say something else. And then the, the studio wouldn't let me. But now I yeah. can't do anything about it because the movie's out there. Yeah. Because death of the author. Right. My last point, um, just it's broad, but it's pretty self-explanatory. Um Believing authorial intent above death of the author, believing that the story is constantly subject to, um, you know, the whims of the author. One, it's it's limiting, but it's also not art. It's not subjectivity. You're saying that there is an objective conclusion to this story in yeah. all cases, and that's yeah. not art, and that's not art criticism. Uh, yeah. Just because it's a movie with a beginning, middle, and end, so it has an end, so we fully think, oh, it is. It has an end. It has a conclusion. It's yeah. it yeah it's less abstract than a painting, but it still is 
yeah, but you're saying something with it and I don't feel what you're saying, what you say you tried to do here. Yeah. You know, there's nothing here that says that this wizard is gay. You know, there's nothing here that makes me, th- there's nothing about Lupin that makes me think of the AIDS crisis, positively at least. And, sure. you know, there's, there's all these little tidbits here and there. And, you know, the fact that you don't think trans women are women, um, that doesn't really have a bearing on whether or not I think your book is inclusive and accepting of all people's. You know. Or or whether or not I think that a boy wizard could defeat a snake man. I, <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's pretty pretty disparate from from your your views. <laughs> a snake man. <laughs> uh, all right. Do you have any closing thoughts, Dustin? Nah, I'm good. All right, homie. We did it. We did it. That's death of the author, everyone. A little little take off your philosophy caps and uh Put on your nightcaps, I guess. I'd love for you guys that are listening to to get in touch with us. Tell us where you stand I on I would it. love to know where people stand on this, for sure. I think it's a it's an interesting concept. I mean, like everyone is aware of this, whether they are yeah. aware of the fact that they're aware of it or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but that's the, that's what the concept is called. That's the that's the philosophy is death of the the death of the author or death of the author. There's a lot of good right. video essays out there that can speak yeah. to but I tend to think that if you believe in authorial, as it relates to J.K. Rowling, if you're in authorial intent and all of this stuff matters, God, they shouldn't even call it authorial intent. They should call it authorial filtering. Like it matters sure. who the author is for their entire life and how we view them after death. Yeah. You know, then you tend to be someone who's more probably socially progressive. And I hate, I hate saying this phrase. I don't want people to think of it this way, but a lot more social justice warrior kind of people where you really do demand a level of moral purity from your heroes um, and even even differences of opinion um, that you think are hurtful means that we can't enjoy a seven-book series that speaks to a bunch of values that you actually pr- profess to. Um, yep. Then, um, you know, I don't... Uh, I don't I'm not on the same page as it were, yeah. uh, as you are. Um, but I'm not that kind of person. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe I'm less socially conscious. I don't know. Maybe I'm well, lazy, uh, or maybe I just think it doesn't really matter because the book speaks for itself. The sure. values in those books are clearly laid out. They're separate sure. from JK Rowling's Twitter, you know? Well, and, and, and yes, it can be different for every person too. Yeah. Um, this, this will be my last point. It can be different for every person because, you know, again, like your level of, uh, enthusiasm for the art itself mm-hmm. can, can absolutely shape this. Um, you know, I, I absolutely love breaking bad. We've talked about it before. If 15 years from now, somebody comes out and says something, well, you know what? I'm going to, I like the art. I like the art so much. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, you know, that, that is my thing, but something like, you know, uh, uh, I don't know, uh, Annie Hall, right? Woody Allen. Yeah, probably a creep. I'm not a huge fan of Annie Hall. It's fine, but uh, I'm probably not going to revisit it because I think he's a creep. Right. Right. It's the same, you know, uh, take it, let's take it full circle. We talked about Chinatown at the very top of this show. Roman Polanski. Yeah, that's horrible uh, person, horrible person. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think I think it can be different for every person based on your level of enthusiasm about the art that was produced. Right. Um, like you were and, talking earlier about the Cosby Show. Mm. 
It's like, I, I don't care if I never see the Cosby show again, but it has nothing to do with Bill Cosby. It's just my sure. level of exposure and you know, sure. to that show is minimal. Yeah. Uh, and so I have no trouble putting it aside because it's not hard for me, but I'd be lying yeah. if I said I'm doing this for the victims of Bill Cosby. Like, sure. No, I'm but, doing it because it's easy for me to do it. <laughs> but if you did say that, I'm doing yeah. this for the victims of Bill Cosby. Right. It would be an easier thing for you to do than it would be for me to do. Right. And 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 that's not to say that I don't care about Bill Cosby's victims the yeah. way that you do, but just that I have an enthusiasm for the art that was created under right. his tutelage right. and uh, under his supervision. Yeah. And and you know, so that is, uh, you know, it, again, it, it's different for every person and, and for every property, yeah. um, the things that you're a fan of, you will excuse more easily. And the things that you're not, you will take the high horse on. Yeah. That that's just, that's just the way you take the high road. What am I looking for? You would take the high road, but you could, you, would, you could you use a horse, put the horse on the road. Yeah. Horses and are go. still out on roads. Horses are allowed on roads and they, they put you pretty high. Did you ever see constables and you're just like, what are you doing? Why, why are you constable? In it's over like here? you walk around, especially if it's in like downtown areas in the South, but like you see, you'll see like the mounted policemen. It's like, man, if, if a bank robbery happened right now, you, you, you're not going to catch them. You can't catch right. that car. You, you can't catch what them. What are you doing? You just got your little baton, you're swirling it. I would love to see an example of an actual uh, plausible mounted policeman chase of a (laughs) pursuit of a vehicle. It would have to be akin to like the car is having to navigate a bunch of crowded downtown squares <laughs> and getting stuck behind buggies and stuff. And then the cop on the, on, on the horse, instead of, they do that thing where the car speeds down a main drag, they're going like 70 miles no. an hour in that stupid film language thing where that, where you go, okay. And so you cut through an alley. It's like, they're still yeah. like a mile away already. Correct. Wherever you're going, by the way, is not towards where they are it's perpendicular it's still they're away gonna from double them. back they're gonna yeah, double back yeah, it's like this, yeah exactly it's like i know that that road <laughs> hooks to a u-turn so i'm just gonna go this way and i'll i'll stand around the corner and trip them and they'll fall into mud puddles I, I love that, that that's where your brain went and my brain went to like goofy Hanna-Barbera land where the horse has like rocket skates and he's just like, like all of his legs are like tripping out on the, on the freeway no. and he's like no. flying by him. I went, I went straight to like bad nineties, um, uh, uh, geography action filmmaking geography. Yeah. Yeah. It's like how? did you get ahead of them how did the slower cop get ahead of them on foot and trip them with his cane because the cop i know this city and, and i know the city like the back of my hand but it's like i can't think of an example but like whatever it was it was like i'm watching the shots so you're like ah oh, i can't catch him i'm gonna cut down this alley yes the criminal and the younger more athletic cop are still running straight they're yes. running straight, and with if they take a detour, I'm looking at the way they turn. They're not doubling back. So how are you suddenly there? Because movies. I, I just googled that movies that allowed. I just typed movies where they take a shortcut, and not, <laughs> nothing came up. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I'm, I, I'm I need sure, to go to TV Trope. I'm sure there's a subreddit in there somewhere for that, but. <laughs> It, it, it happens so much that I can't pinpoint the source. It's ubiquitous, but Here yeah, it's definitely a trope. Yeah. I just went to TV tropes to, to see if I could find anything. It's everywhere. Any, any it's police, everywhere. police, it any police procedural does this, uh, buddy yeah. cop, uh, you know, 
aging cop, aging buddy cop. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah. Maybe, maybe they, they, let's, let's make a shortcut in this alley and there's like a, a, a stargate in that alley and they go through it and they I, end up like right so. in front of the guy. I guess so. That would have to explain. That's what the end of 2001 was. That's what the Stargate was. It was a bunch of yes. cops like, oh, thank God you're here. <laughs> Just drop me off at that corner. I'm going to trip the guy with my cane. No one's going to know how I did it. Yes. And when the rookie asked me, how did you get here so fast? I'll say, yeah, you're still pretty uh, pretty green there, rookie. <laughs> guess you don't know this city the way you thought you did. Yeah, you ain't all that. <laughs> Let's let's book them, book them and snook them. them. <laughs> and then and then like five seconds later, in comes the chief of police. He's on he's on the scene. Damn it! Why are you being so reckless? Uh, Tom's festival. I've had it with I've had it with <laughs> I've had it with this demolition man shit. <laughs> oh man! There's literally a plot point like the whole premise of of i think it's lethal weapon three they get promoted from detective to captains to mm. get them off the street <laughs> he said they're promoting you give me your give me your give me your detective badges your captain rigs and captain Murtaugh now and i'm sitting there like are you fucking kidding me <laughs> like, you're gonna promote these two right, dangerous right. reckless people like yeah, just to get them off the street. Just to get them off the street. Even in 1993, that would that's not happening. No, probably not. <laughs> but, but, uh, that, but that is the trope. The 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 cops that don't play by the rules, they get promoted. Yeah, that's true. That's true. They, they, sh- they get results, darn it. They showed initiative. They showed initiative. I can't wait to talk about Lethal Weapon. It's not going to happen I, for a while. But we I, I just always like anytime I picture a, a chief of police, he always has a rolled up newspaper that he slams on the table <laughs> <laughs> every time. Uh, <laughs> all right. That's it. Uh, and that is it. And once we put this podcast out, that's it. We can't say anything else about it. The art nope. exists. It's out there. And uh, we're, we can't we can't it's change it. We can only build on it, make a franchise out of it, which is kind of what this is. Hey, if you want to, that's the thing. Artists, when they want you, if, if you, if fantastic you, hoops and where to find them. If, if you, if you are writing and you're exploring an idea and you sit there and like you said, doing the work and you plug away and you make a thing and you release it. And then five years later, you, you start to think you have a developing idea about that thing. You don't go revise the thing you made. You find a way to continue expand the story it. and expand it with your new ideas and that's what, that typically that's what J.R.R. Tolkien did. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've got a lot of really good ideas about that Gollum guy. Yeah. Yeah. You know later, what it's I like, could do? Yeah. I could, I guess I could just tweet it. Gollum used to be a man named Smeagol. One of the things in the Lindsay Ellis video was like, was like, um, we're not going to apply any of this. You know, we can't apply the same, the same brush to, to, um, to J.R.R. Tolkien he died 50 years ago. He's not on Twitter. <laughs> right. I bet he has an official Twitter. Though. I'm sure. I'm, I'm gonna, someone, I'm look it up. Oh no. All right. I'm, I, I, I want to say goodbye to everyone before Dustin answers this question because we're going to leave this ambiguous. ambiguous. <laughs> All right. Good night, everyone.